everybody and welcome back to episode seven. Oh, so I, have to, I was so bad I had to like count my fingers. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. Uh, seven. How of, many is seven uh, again? Hero <laughs> Recall. And uh, we've been away for a little bit. We've been away for a while. That's because uh, last uh, last week and the week before we, we well, last week you were in Indy. No, not last week. Two was weeks it, ago. Really? Was it been two weeks? Yes, it's been two weeks. Wow. Last week was the 24 hours Lama. Okay. That's racing. Nobody cares about that. So My hat's were, related to that. You were racing last week and the week before you were racing. in Indy. Well, you were watching. watching racing. I was listening to racing you were watching more specifically. Racing. Okay. Um, but the week anyway. before was, was Indy. So, and then the week before that, I, was I don't think we recorded. Lego, but that's a different story. It's been like a month. It's been a while. Um, but we are back. Uh, we're back with episode seven. And this episode is going to be about Symmetra. Now, um, don't worry. We will get into the Symmetra business towards the end of the episode. But for those of you just joining us for the first time, just so you know, this is how we roll. So we do Overwatch news first. So that's the news about the game itself, anything pertinent to the game. We then flow into some owl and contenders news and see what's changed there which is usually quite a lot uh we then talk about personal focus for a little bit so like favorite maps favorite abilities things like that and then we talk about a hero and this week's hero is symmetra so before we get started um one of the reasons why we took so long off i mentioned a minute ago was because you were in um indiana and uh, i couldn't go uh i got screwed out of it uh for work <laughs> stuff i just wasn't allowed uh so uh we had a panel that we were going to be hosting me you and keegan at the um um, at the uh, Indiana PopCon, and because uh, I, I couldn't make it, you kind of just filled in in my stead there, like um, took over my my part of the panel, if you will, and um, and you guys uh, performed that, and it was basically the panel was just kind of like a, a a guide to climbing, right? It was just kind of like tips and tricks and and do this, do that. Um, since I wasn't there, and because uh, Keegan is a fuck fuck uh he didn't get it recorded um let me know I take partial responsibility yeah. how did it go how did it go well i showed up five minutes before it happened and keegan was literally freaking out so that was all <laughs> that was good Sounds I, like yeah i had to stress him at first yeah. here's the thing walking up to the panel i was nervous as fuck as soon as i got on the table i was like fuck i just need to talk about overwatch to people it's no big deal i like was yep. not stressed throughout the whole panel i was like memeing and stuff yeah i made a few of vancouver titans references did it make like, you feel better or, like did it give you a confidence boost because i know that you are concerned about it coming into it but well, I, I kept telling you there's nothing to be worried I like about. to stress about stuff before it happens and then when it happens i'm like okay it's happening whatever okay so That's you just, just i just like to stress about preparing for stuff you just need some kind of preparation stress i, I need to stress out about something in my life <laughs> at all times or else i don't feel complete fair enough uh but it went well it went well did it yes it went well nobody left the room nobody left the room even after i said i like brigida um <laughs> <laughs> it's like i said that i'm like i said i like brigida don't leave the room don't leave the room <laughs> nobody left um i got in a few pretty good jokes yeah I gave some good advice. Some people asked us questions at the end. Do we have time for questions? What were some of the questions? I forget. I, <laughs> I don't. Wait, no. I remember one specifically. Someone's like, I am really good at May, but I don't feel like I'm good at other heroes. How do I correct this? Mm. Or how should I? Um, I'm like, just go into quick play. Just try to get good at one hero of each type, like tank, support. Sp 
you want to try to get good at each of the roles, but just one knee of each class at first to start off with. May, and like, that's an interesting you, one though, because May is such a like uh, you have to work around a May. You know what I mean in a team yes. comp. So, but I yeah. I said like two things. You have to like try to get your flexibility up, but also never if you're really good at hero, never doubt your ability on that hero to just sometimes carry. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have this balance, and everything's balanced. Like you can't just go too extreme in one way. If you really think nothing else is working, if nothing else to lose, just go for that comfort pick. You might fucking win. Right. <laughs> like you have to do this balanced approach. Thing. It's amazing how uh, little comps actually mean uh, the levels that a lot of people are at like everyone kind of concerns themselves over 222 or 33 or whatever but honestly truly uh anywhere from bronze to probably diamond you can win a match because people are good and proficient on characters rather than they have the perfect composition you know what i mean because in fact recently uh, about the comp thing, I pretty much noticed that just if you have two healers, you're good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like as long as you have two healers, you're probably fine. Yeah. Uh, you ideally want at least one tank, but if you have two healers, that's the key. That's the key part because one of those healers just sticks with the tank. <laughs> and if you're May, you can heal yourself. So you know, there's that. Yeah. And sometimes if there's a lack of healers, you go for a hero that can heal themselves. That's so. good. I'm glad people ask those types of questions. That's what I was aiming for. I was kind of hoping that we'd get a couple like I played I, this character and how do I fit I in this role? I forget what some of the others were, but they were good ones. I had answers for them. Nobody stumped me, so good. there was that. <laughs> and the panel did happen. I have a. I have several witnesses. I have someone who is at the Blizzard Arena who can vouch for who goes to the, who has gone to the Blizzard Arena. I was like really big friends of like people and the outlaws and stuff. They can vouch for me. Mads, it's can a real vouch thing. It really happened. She was there. <laughs> okay. All <laughs> right. No recording of it. But. So uh, yeah, if you were in Indy and you uh, went to the panel that was hosted by Keegan and uh, and Tigrado, then thank you um, for doing that. And hopefully you learned something. Um, next year, I am going to make a concentrated effort to make sure that I am there. Uh, and maybe we'll do it again. Uh, maybe it'll be more interesting next year. Hopefully and next we get a year, panel again, but the people like us, so getting into the show maybe talking about overwatch 2 next year because guess what guys overwatch 2 is on the horizon um so supposedly supposedly, sources have said that blizzard canceled a starcraft first person shooter to focus on diablo 4 and overwatch 2 um first of all starcraft first person shooter Wow. <laughs> like, I think I might even give that a crack, to be honest. Like, that's, that sounds kind of fun to me. But uh, what they said was uh, nobody was laid off as a result of the cancellation. And according to two staff, Blizzard told the team that Eras was getting axed alongside a second unannounced mobile project so that the company could move many of them to the upcoming Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2, both of which are expected to be Blizzard's marquee announcements at this year's BlizzCon. So... My thought is this, okay? I did not ever think there was going to be an Overwatch 2. Did you? I, okay, here's the thing. I still don't think there is going to be an Overwatch 2. You don't? In the sense that it's a sequel, I think it's just going to be an addition to, not really an addition to the game itself. It might be a different game, but it's not really going to be Overwatch 2, I don't think. I think it's going to be, this is Overwatch in the same universe, but PvE. Mm. It's like... You know how you have Destiny PvE and Destiny PvP? It's going to be like a different thing. Because it makes no sense for them just to completely replace this game. It's kind of like one of those TF2 games that just sticks around forever. They right. keep 
adding stuff. So I don't think it's going to be Overwatch 2 at all in the way that people think. I'm definitely inclined to agree with you, actually. I think that for the amount of effort that they put onto like Overwatch League and all this other stuff there, it seems like it would be a little bit out of sorts for them to create a, a true sequel where it's just like, you know, new characters, some returning characters, better graphics, whatever. But the question I did have, though, like around this project was if they did do it like that, like it was a new update, what would they really be focusing on do you think it would be like a similar cast of characters like or like all the characters and some new ones do you think it would be polished or do you think it would be cartoony like more realistic or less realistic like what how do you think they would approach it if they were going to do it that way like a whole new game or a, like, a yeah. sequel yeah like, like if sequel. it was a sequel, like a sequel they'd probably delete some of the more controversial characters <laughs> possibly like kill them off or something, which I, I really hope they don't do. And try bring back some maps and rehash them, remix them, as it were, um, okay. and then add a bunch of new stuff. But I, I like it. I still it doesn't seem like doesn't that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, I think, it doesn't seem right. I think it'd be a different game. type of game. I think it has to be a different type of game. I'm not ruling out that they would do like an RTS or something. To be honest with you, like um, it, it could be that know. too. But I don't. I'm not sure it'd be that. I think it will be like, here's the idea I was coming up with the other day is that maybe it's like you, it's going to be something like a destiny ish game where you are like an overwatch agent and you interact with the characters in the game. Mm. Like you have to fight Talon or do stuff like that. So you're you're joining overwatch and those characters are established in the universe. Like a recalled agent and Mm. there might be classes and stuff like that. I like that. I like that. That's that's what I think it might something like that. That's what it be, makes sense to me. It'd be difficult to implement powers into that though, because obviously, like, but someone, you could have like destiny classes. I don't know. Different weapons I, like, and stuff. I I don't know exactly. It's, they a, have it's plans, a tough one. But... It's probably not going to happen. But I wanted to bring it up because obviously, I mean, there isn't much bigger news in the world than Overwatch Two when it comes to Overwatch. So we'll you know we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. I think. If nothing else, uh, BlizzCon is going to be interesting this year, uh, considering last year was kind of a, you know, I wish I could go. stinker um, with the mobile Diablo announcement. Uh, I am pretty confident that uh, this year they're going to double down their efforts. Okay. And the other bit of news coming from the game itself was actually out of Korea. So Korean uh, law enforcement officials have put out kind of this this statement, if you will. Um, there's now a punishment law for uh, account sharing or boosting for online games that's going to start being enforced on June 25th, uh, which is tomorrow uh, from when we were recording. It says, receive a cash-like compensation in online game and you do account sharing or boosting and you may be sentenced to less than two years imprisonment or a fine of up to $17,000. So clarification on this, is this like actual Korean like law law, mm-hmm. like real law? Yep. This just goes to show you people, and I've been telling people for a long time that the culture in Korea is so, like, they're so accepting of gaming, and they're actually putting out punishments for this shit. Like, this just shows the culture in Korea, how they're so, like, they recognize that gaming can be a job <laughs> and that this shit is just like it it's bad they're 
indulging. It. I, I'm almost wondering if it's too harsh, but maybe it's not. I really, think the prison time is it. a little too harsh. The prison time. I think, the I think that would be money cases. Yeah, but like prison seems a little harsh for boosting a, an Overwatch account. You know what I mean? Like you're in the same place that murderers and rapists are. But, but <laughs> so, still, yeah. like if you're considering, is it really that different? If you're thinking about people maybe boosting and then somehow they get into pro gaming is it really that different from like fixing gambling mm, that's a good point but like you it, have to think about it like it, it's a business over there like they treat oh, yeah. it like it's business they and, farm uh, yeah, there's whole farms that are just getting people like accounts for like world of warcraft and stuff that's crazy so it's so like you have to think about the culture over there and how they see it and how in this part of the world we a lot of people still see gaming as some sort of fucking joke right. like Korea is doing good things. That's what I'm saying. And that's why there's so many esports players coming out of Korea that are really good. They definitely respect it, don't they? They definitely have a higher level of respect for that. Uh, okay, so yeah, so basically, um, what do you guys think about that that boosting in Overwatch 2? I'm really interested to hear some feedback on that, guys, so do hit the comments up, because, I mean, Overwatch 2, I think there's so much that we can kind of speculate about that. So, you know, what are your thoughts on what you think it's going to look like, um, if anything? And then, of course, the Korean fines. Too much? Too little? Um, what do you think? So drop those in the comments as we move forward to OWL-related news or in Contenders news. So first up, let's talk about last night. Or yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, was fucking uh, nuts, people. Yeah, so yesterday, uh, you may be watching this at a different time frame, but um, yesterday, there was quite a few matches that were being played, um, and it seemed like in every single match, the underdog took it. And except for the first one. But except the first for the first one. Do you, you want to, because I never actually watched any of the games, but you, you watched a couple, I think. So um, fill I me watched... in. What happened? What, why, why was yesterday so explosive in the world of Overwatch League? Firstly, Boston's been on the losing streak. Mm, they literally, up until yesterday, had not won a single match in this entire stage. And they're going up at Paris against Paris yesterday, who they already faced in the stage and lost to. So everyone's like... Yeah, they're bringing Aim God back in the lineup, but Boston, like, they still have problems. And for the first two maps, this looked to be the play. This looked to be the storyline of the day. And then Boston, in their true, we're going to outdo Fusion in map five <laughs> stuff fashion, decides that they're going to win the fucking match. And they just take, they take the last three maps. I don't even think, I think they took both control maps on the last one with it. Like, they didn't, it was 2-0 of a score in that. Right. And also, I think, was it Eichenwald? I don't know which. Eichenwald was so close. <laughs> it was another one where it was really frigging close. It was like a last moment. It was a payload. Like, a payload didn't get to the end thing where it's that close. I, uh, I read yesterday um, that... The Valiant actually put up the second fastest attack time on Eichenwald in the history of Overwatch. I actually, I didn't watch uh, Valiant versus Titans because I didn't think it was going to be worth watching. Boy, was I wrong. Because Valiant won against Titans 3-1. It wasn't even a map 5 situation. It was a 3-1. And then, before that, Mayhem beat Outlaws 3-1. But that doesn't, like, and that Outlaws doesn't say how that... pretty good lately as well, so that's, That like... doesn't say how close that match was. That was another situation where Gibraltar, the last map, like, it was within a meter of being map 5. Really? It was so close. It was only because of some really brilliant switches on Mayhem and some clutch plays that got them So the do win. you think we're... You remember, if you remember... A while back when we were doing this show, we um, we discussed about one of the things about 
season two was that it almost seemed like every team could beat every team. It was this big circle of like everyone could beat everyone else and no one was really, apart from Vancouver at the time and, and I think New York, uh, everyone was able to beat everyone else. And then we went like, then it started to get more rigid, right? So you had like Vancouver and Shock. It was like Vancouver, Shock, New York, and then everyone else. Now, with New York's multiple failings against um, Atlanta, and then Vancouver failing against uh, Valiant, and who I met Shock Sh- lost Outlaws to someone as well. Shock. Yeah, yeah, Shock the lost first to Outlaws. win Outlaws had to break their losing streak right. was Shock. And then Mayhem this is in the situation. Outlaws. It's just we're back in dog we're eat in, dog. We're in the meta transition phase, and this is mm. the same thing that happened last year at this time because a lot of teams were strong stage one, stage two, and then stage three comes along and they lose their footing all of a sudden, or. Yeah. In some cases, teams that previously, I think yeah. stage three was the it was the it was the stage that Boston went ten and zero for the stage last season. But whenever things start like shifting a bit, I think it was stage four that actually the big meta shift happened. But whenever things like start changing and you can shake up people's strategies, that's when you see like the big guys starting to be beaten. Right. And the teams that weren't looking so good, like Valiant and Outlaws, both had a 0 and 7 stage this season. Here's the thing about Valiant, though Valiant have never looked bad, ever. I don't think they've looked bad. I think they've. They've they played everyone close and they lost a lot um, for a while, but I don't think they were ever like, oh, this is embarrassing. Like I feel like they always like fought their hardest. You have hard to out. think though of the mental game. Mm. If Good you tell. lose zero and seven, you're not going to be thinking, oh, that was close. It's we've lost. We haven't won the stage at all. I think it has to come down to like it's similar mentality to Shanghai. Like they just have to get in that 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 sort of um, mindset where the you know like what's the worst that can happen? We lose again. That's exactly what Outlaws said. Yeah, that's how Outlaws said they turned it around. Is something similar? I think there was a little video clip on it. So they're just like, we need to figure out what's going on and what's the worst that can happen. We like we're already Continue losing, and then they lose? figured yeah. it out. Yeah. And they even they even credited that there was even a segment where they credited the haters like thanks for giving us energy to get out of this shit. I think keep doing what you're doing. uh, The meta where it's at right now as well, like you said, it's shifting. It's it's very open right now. It's really interesting. There's not that many straight up goats versus goats uh, rounds anymore. Boston, in fact, they're only running one dedicated tank. I mean, not Boston, Houston. They're only running Muma as their dedicated tank player. Other than that, they're running Linkser, Dante, and Jake. Mm. Those are three DPS players. If it works, it Linkser works. Linkser usually goes to the Zarya if needed. Right. And that's when they start not looking as good. They still can usually do some good things, but not quite as good as when they're on the three DPS situation. But they're mostly running three DPS. Right. And one tank. Why not? And, and there's uh, also a lot of Wrecking Ball showing up speaking now. Speaking of the... Which um, Aang must be happy about. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of uh, yesterday as well, Cruz... He had a little bit of a hissy fit. Uh, he had a kicking moment. Yeah, there's been a couple of these lately. There's been the fusion slam the desk moment, and then uh, now we have the cruise kicking his setup <laughs> moment. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, uh, during that that match, um, when when the match was over and it was lost, and everyone was getting up from their seats to go and walk and shake the other team's hand, Cruz gets up and just boots this desk and you felt a little bad like you know. it would have hurt yeah also like that's not your equipment dude don't be a dick uh but also 
you know, it's um, it's just weird. I don't know. Like, I I kind of like seeing those types of emotions come out because it lets you know they're not just a bunch of bots up there. But at the same time, like it, I don't know. It's like, is it a, is it a good thing or a bad thing that players are showing emotional in physical outbursts? Uh, I think it's well, <laughs> you know, they're not hating each other. Firstly, secondly, <laughs> it shows true. that they actually give up. They this is their life. They give a fucking damn mm. about what's going on, and if you're if you have a bad performance yeah you're gonna get angry there's a lot of spice there's a lot of spice going around right now and people just um i forgot what i was saying now sorry (laughs) (laughs) i lost it entirely um uh i was gonna talk about forget these uh, people are, are humans and yeah when they see people get angry they even meme them more but seriously like it just shows that they really freaking care and some people aren't gonna deal with it as well and they're going to have that moment where i have to i have to do it sometimes i have to like yell at something or like Punch i throw tail. like bottle caps i have tried to throw something that won't break anything across the room <laughs> <laughs> so i used to throw controllers that was really bad in my destiny days i broke so many ps4 controllers keegan, tell you, keegan has definitely lost a few controllers uh, in his time um I, no i was gonna say yeah. uh that one of the things i i read about as well that, that made me giggle a little bit was um when philly played atlanta and philly won um dogman was universally just shit on for that match because most of the time he was either way out of position and he would like waste a trans trying to keep himself alive um or he was just feeding he was just like getting killed over and over and over again and i think someone said boombox whispered to him when he went by you are feeding or something like that well, I, just I mean like, he oh, said that it makes me people. so happy it makes me so happy i love <laughs> boom all right so so yeah so basically yesterday was a clusterfuck of chaos and all the teams that weren't supposed to win won and Cruz got mad about it except for fuel fuel Um, got nerd who did fuel play I forget okay Uh, Cortana Cortana stop Cortana activated for I was gonna say you just cut out for a second there I think something's going on whoever I think it might have I think it was Spark Spark are good they're they're getting there Uh, Apologize. I'm trying to figure out who they played. I think it was. All right. Well, while you're looking at that, uh, let's. Oh, it was Chengdu. Chengdu murdered oh, them. Really? Right. That's where I saw. That's I was watching Aming's POV of Wrecking Ball, actually, because I'm trying to learn Wrecking Ball right now. Um, hmm, interesting. I, you see, I would have picked Fuel in that matchup. I, I, Chengdu they are, are good. They're but... a mess right now, and people are oh, saying the the trade for RCK and Note like. RCK is who Fuel needs, and Note is who Boston needs right now. It's not that either of them are bad players. They just... They work better with their They team. work better. It's the... It's the but, but again, Boston just reversed back together. The, so. um, the biggest thing that I heard was that there was overcoaching going on, which I thought was an interesting concept. So what they were saying um, for the Fuel camp from various bits and pieces that I read was that essentially the the Fuel has very renowned coaches, right? I mean, it's the half of the reason why they're as big as they are is because Jane is one of their coaches. So um, apparently the Fuel camp have been coached into certain scenarios but they haven't been coached on how to adapt on the fly it's kind of like new york so like they they have this kind of rigid mindset of like they watch all the game tapes they see what the other team is doing they think they know they haven't figured it out they haven't sussed and then when that team does something unexpected they don't know how to how to deal with it because they've been coached one way and not to be adaptable and i think they said that a lot of what's going on with the fuel right now is that they have been overcoached to the point where they can't adapt anymore and you have to think that they were playing Chengdu 
who are consider a hot fucking mess. That, <laughs> really? And consider that you're playing Chengdu and Elsa like freaking nuked a bunch of people in a hallway, by the way. That's just he, he got like a four bomb in a hallway. Anyway, that's a side note. Chengdu are unpredictable. You don't plan for them. You just be like, yep. okay, they're going to pull out some crazy shit and murder us. Like, Pretty much the only thing on the top of your head when you're playing Chengdu is, do we have a somber for Emming? That's it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's it. Can uh, we hack the ball? Can we make the hamster's life absolutely terrible? <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, so, yeah, exciting day yesterday. And exciting for me because, okay, so here's a, here's a little secret about me, folks. I have an addictive personality. I am really really bad at getting addicted to stuff like just whatever like i got addicted to overwatch like that's one thing that i got addicted to i get addicted to pretty much anything i'm the worst when it comes to that so when you combine one thing that i am already addicted to with another thing that is very addictive uh it causes trouble for me uh and as such i have been um very very broke the, the last two days because i have been spending money on trading cards for overwatch yes folks there's officially trading cards for overwatch and lucky you i happen to have some right here because i already got some of my physicals sent to me so let me explain these before i press, show these press f in the chat for tom's social yeah, life please do um so let me explain it before i show them so, okay, so right now, the, the website is Upper Deck E-Pack. So an E-Pack is different to a physical card pack. Uh, you don't go to a store like Target and pick it off the shelf. So it's an online-only service right now. But here's what happens, is that you basically, you buy your E-Pack. Some of those cards that you get will have a physical version available to be shipped to you by like next day shipping um, immediately. Other ones, you need to collect so many of the that particular type of um, card before you can get the physical version. So, like, for example, with standard players, you need to collect the same player nine times before you can get the physical version of it. Uh, with some other things, and how they've kind of broken it up is they obviously have player cards, but they have variants too. So they have um, some really special cards that have like pieces of um, literally like game-worn jerseys and stuff like in the card. It is kind of creepy. Uh, and then they have signatures as well, but they have like duos, so it'll be like two different players that don't even have to be on the same team, but it'll have like a shirt piece from both of them or a signature from both of them. There's trio packs as well that have like three signatures or three pieces of, um, of clothing. Um, and so, so alongside those, they also have kind of like big wow moments from uh, season one as well. So whenever there was like a huge thing that happened, um, they would talk, they would like have a card that represents it. So if I can, I'll see if I can find a wow moment one for you. I don't know if I have any actually. Oh, here you go. Securing the championship. So this is a silver. We'll see if I can hold it. There we go securing the championship so that's london and on the back here it says fusion stimmied by spitfire and owl championship through aggressive relentless team play and a stingy defense the london spitfire stimmied the philadelphia fusion to secure their place in history as the champions of the inaugural season of overwatch that's what it says on the back of the card there so like that's like a, a sort of a cool moment but then they have these some of these other ones as well so i'm going to show a few of them to you um since i happen to have some physicals here so they have like weird stuff like this is like the Barclays Arena. I don't know. What, I don't know why. Uh, they have some that are season rivals. So here's like a rival card, Jake and Harry Hook on there. Apparently, they're I don't right. know why those would be rivals, but okay. I don't know. Shanghai Dragons top three players. It's like a triple card there. Bigger. Yep. 
gigs is on there. Uh, some of them are just maps. Welcome to Junkatown. And then here's the really cool ones, guys. So here's where we get into, and I have a bunch more on the way. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, so there's two ways you can get these cards. Like you can either have them shipped to your house or you can have them shipped to a website called comc.com. And that stands for checkoutmycards.com. And basically with that website, um, that that is a selling website. It's like an auction website for cards. It's black market. So you can move them directly from Upper Deck EPAC over to ComC and then like you can get them appraised and graded and reviewed and then slip them up there for a couple hundred dollars. And to give you some insight, um, and I actually don't have this page open, so I'm going to pull it's, it up it's here. It's your fucking science, people. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I have done a lot of research on this because, like I said, I'm a horrible human. So uh, if I search Overwatch now for um, uh, in ComC... It's going to show me every single pack that's up there. So here's an idea. Here's like a price list idea for you. Right now, the most expensive card that currently sits on ComC, and remember, there's a ton of these cards that haven't even people haven't even gotten yet. Uh, the most expensive one is Profit and Agility's double signature card for two hundred and eighty-five dollars. Jesus. Yeah. And weirdly enough, the next one is two seventy-four dollars, and that's Striker, Tamu, and Saya Player. Uh, we also have Tamu, OGE, and Unko. That's two seventy four. Um, just a, just a solo like bit of uh, Tamu's shirt, two hundred and two dollars. Uh, Linkser and Baby Bay, two pieces of their shirt, one seventy five. Just a solo Carpe autograph, one hundred and fifty three dollars. <laughs> so, and these aren't sold by the way. These are just people throwing them up there and hoping that people are willing to pay this. So how this is going to work is the market is going to decide how much this shit is, is worth, right? So if you're looking at that Carpe and you think, oh man, I would pay $150 for a Carpe signature, then um, you're going to pay that. And that means that from that point onwards, it's going to be around about that level of, uh, you know, cost. So here's a couple um, that I have that are physical ones that I thought were cool. Um, so here's Boombox. It's in a special top loader uh, this is a signature of Boombox. He's my favorite player, so this is big for me. Um, you can see his signature is fucking awful, but it's a real signature. It's real ink, and there's actually like a piece of tape. I don't know if you can see it there. There's like a piece of tape underneath that kind of goes over the top so it doesn't get smudged. Uh, here is, for New York XL fans, a bit of Mecco's shirt uh, and a signature. This is actually an inked fragment, so this is like a double thing so it's a little bit of fragment and a signature so it's very special uh and then here's a special um oge holograph card for the all-star uh thing there you can see there's some shininess going on in the background and last but not least these are the special edition variants called infrasite so as a widow's alt uh, as you can see it's there, transparent. hydration. <laughs> That's what that means yeah. for people who are not I can not see through hydration's this. walls. This card is called Infrasite <laughs> because it is transparent. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, th these are just the first lot that I had sent to me right here. Uh, and I'm really, really happy, actually, with how these turned out. Um, I do have some really, really good cards. I'm not going to, like, tell you what they are. But what I will say is this. If you're looking to trade... 
Madrizzle 1 is the way to go. M-A-D-R-I-Z-Z-L-E-1 on Upper Deck EPAX. I got like 505 cards on there. Get at me. All right, so that's cards. Do you, do you know what makes me the most mad about this? Is what? I can literally not make fun of anyone who's getting these trading cards because I've spent so much fucking money on League skins. Right? And do you in- know how many League skins I have on PC already? I've probably spent like way too much money on League skins on PC. Like. <laughs> I have the whole Boston set. I have most of the Defiant set. I have most of the Outlaw set. I've, it's such a problem. It's a problem for me. It really is because like this shit is this type and, of stuff I jerseys. obsess over. I mm. have two jerseys coming tomorrow. I have the freaking third kit for Muma and the third kit for Jester. So I can't say shit. Yeah. I can't say shit about this stuff. And it <laughs> you bothers want, me so you much. want to, but you can't. I want to, but I can't. I can't so, say shit. Um, I did promise my my friend um, Josh Bostrom that I would also shout out his Facebook trading card group. So he is the first person to uh, that I know of anyway to create a Overwatch card trading group on Facebook. Uh, it is literally just called Overwatch Card Trading. It's a public group. Um, and the link to it is in the description of the podcast. So if you want to join that Facebook group and hang out with me and some other folks that uh, enjoy trading these cards and come find us. Um, so there's a little bit of, uh, of an it's advert like for that. Space, but there's no good times. <laughs> I can't even pick up the line right now. My mother would hate me, but there's no <laughs> something hive of scum and villainy in the universe. <laughs> Alrighty, so wretched hive. That's, that's it. That's my fun uh, excursion into the world of trading cards, and I'm bad at bad at for that. So um, outside of that, we also have a little bit of news that came down uh, from Fissure, actually. So Fissure, um, sort of perpetually troubled individual, isn't he? Fissure. I feel like he's always in some somebody's bad books you know what i mean he's always done something um so fissure is actually feeling the sting a little bit of all the hours um that you know go into becoming a professional overwatch player and he has as such said that he would like to sit out the entirety of stage three perhaps even the game altogether uh so he is uh he's he's borderlining retirement right now um you've never been a big fissure fan have you or were you no, not no. so much. He he's played for a lot of teams. His plays are his plays have been very great, but he seems to have some sort of problematic things going on because I mean, he like switched teams. Like this attitude. is his third team. Yeah, this is his third team now, and he like has barely played. And you have to think there's something going on. Apparently, this one might be more of a mental game thing. But we're in that phase now where we're seeing the game's a few years old now and some of the pro players are starting to retire because they're just burning out. So it might be one of those situations. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird one. You know what I mean? Like you kind of like, it's the same thing where like you're at home, you're watching a football game or whatever. And you're like, you guys get paid millions of dollars to do that. All you have to do is play a fun sport. It's a harder than that. Like it's the amount of pressure on the shoulders of these individuals is insane. I don't think anyone in the history of any esports has ever, you know, had to had to have the amount of pressure put down on them that the Overwatch League players have purely because like of the fact literally this, shown on ESPN. Right. I mean, it's not only is it so global, it's also worldwide. So it doesn't matter where you're from. You're still it's under literally pressure going worldwide next year. You know, to I mean, different continents. And I would love for you to tell me the last time someone from League of Legends sat down and signed probably a thousand cards. <laughs> it's a bunch of idiot fanboys want to trade them. Like there's I a mean, lot that goes on there. Yeah, I bought a signed Fusions hat earlier this year, and that's something he sat down and signed. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a lot and of them was, on the There's site. a whole bunch of stuff. If you look on the Overwatch League shop, there's like 
Everything there's a bunch signed. of third yeah. kits that they had ready that were signed by multiple players and they're selling these things and they're selling some of these things in frames and it's just like this is real yeah. this is this is real this is a big thing this is global and these players are some of these players are starting to feel the pressure of it yeah yeah i mean but the weird part is you can see the ones who really aren't as well you know it's kind of impressive how you see well, some players that are always that's chill. the difference between some people will feed off this shit mm. other people will not um and actually for one second bringing it back to cards um yeah i know it's gonna be a problem for the <laughs> long, i'm sorry uh if you were interested there is not a dream casper card in the upper tech uh set i assume that you know being inappropriate with children kind of cancels you from um trade cards so you'll be happy to know there is no dream casper uh for boston in the inaugural season and there's some on errors. a side note on another digression uh, i recently read a thing of a whole bunch of like chinese fan nicknames for players apparently his nickname from the chinese fans is convict <laughs> well, I mean, it could be anyway. worse it could be worse they call him like there's a bunch of funny ones i forgot what they all are but that's the one i remember as long as they're not calling him like kitty fiddler san or something like that <laughs> no they call him convict <laughs> yeah. they call him convict he's already been caught all right so uh the other and last bit of big news coming from the owl and contenders universe is about fusion university so it's contenders um so fusion university man it's kind of weird so they basically have just dominated contenders for a while now they, like they literally have only lost one match ever right it's north like america contenders embarrassingly one good team um and uh they had this rule that sort of came through recently with contenders where they were like okay they were gonna ask for people to play from the region that they're from which is this weird thing that's going on so basically what was going to happen was fusion U was going to get cut in half because half of them were from korea and half of them weren't so uh they said what if we all go to korea there's no kind of weird region locks over there so we can like they were like moving the korean players out of contenders but over to korea but the Western players are allowed to go to Korea. I don't understand it. I'll be honest. I don't know why it's like that. But they decided to up sticks and fuck well, off to they're Korea. Doing it because, because contenders are supposed to be a building ground. And because there's so much Korean talent, and this isn't like a knock on Korea, there's so much Korean talent that like the contenders teams are going to hire more Korean players because right. it's easier. It's easier to get. But they're trying to develop like other places. They're trying to develop North American players, European players, and all that stuff. So that's what I think the reasoning behind the region locking, however you feel about it, is. So uh, here's the official comment from Tucker, who's kind of the one of the like the community guys for um, Fusion U. So uh, I'll read it um, as he wrote it. It's a twit longer. So just wanted to give some clarity on the decision to move Fusion Uni to Korea. We have an amazing team, and we don't want to break them up. The reason we invest the time, energy, and money into contenders is to develop talent for the fusion we have always had the vision that evaluating players from all regions will help us build a superior in the long term a superior is supposed to be a superior team i assume this is how traditional sports function the flyers are a mix of players from all around the world building infrastructure that allows us to take players from any region in the world to uh, is critical to that mission we invest a lot into language tutoring and spend extra care to include culinary dishes from each region in team meals it also gives everyone a chance any kid growing up in the world can play for the fusion someday for us the decision to move to career comes in part due to import restrictions we don't want to have to part ways with players we believe 
believe in who are from outside the US. We aren't in contenders to develop North American talent for other OWL teams, some of which don't even have a contenders team because it's expensive. We're in it to develop talent for Fusion. Developing region-specific talent is Blizzard's job, World Cup, etc. The contenders prize pool doesn't even cover a tiny fraction of what we spend on players, coaches, and things like housing. And we've won every one. Moving to Korea made sense. It allows us to keep our roster intact as much as possible, and the challenge of tougher competition to help our players grow and prepare for Overwatch Sheet League. Prone. That's our main priority. Sorry, NA, maybe we'll be back in the future, but for now, someone else can have a chance at winning. Winky face. Oh, Hashtag go F you. 4-0. Alright. So that's Tucker with some spicy shade there thrown to the rest of contenders. But I mean... I mean it, it, it's clearly justified because you know what happened lost once you know what happened as well though is that they so they have to go through a trial to make it to korean mm -hmm. contenders and they won every match won every game man that is a they won every match and they team. face runaway tomorrow it's a scary team alarm they face runaway is tomorrow. insane That's the big the big yeah. test is tomorrow because they face runaway it's gonna be exciting. And you know who uh, Runaway, the former <laughs> Runaway players, are now the Titans. Vancouver Titans. Yeah. So Runaway is a good organization. This is gonna be their first big test. I can't wait. I'm, I might watch that tomorrow, actually. Uh, well, I'm it's like work. it's like 5 a.m. in the morning yeah. <laughs> for you. I'll rewatch it then. Uh, <laughs> alrighty. So that's the end of our news for Owl and Contenders. Moving into the personal focus. Um, so I opted this week to keep it kind of easy. Um, so I have two questions for you, my friend. Number one, what is your favorite? Map to defend on, and number two, what is your favorite map to attack on? Go. Favorite defense is Numani. Numani? Why is that? I, I get to play monkey. <laughs> monkey. And I get to uh like I stand up on the high ground, I drop down, and I jump back up. Yep. You and I shock like... people. <laughs> so you're just describing. Honestly, I really love. I, I love that first, specifically the point on Nimbani. I love defending that because of the point high eight. ground and all the trickery stuff that you could do. Even as Reinhardt, like when people go through that hallway, you can screw with them. And I, I have like really good hearing as far as direction, not being able to necessarily tell what the noise is, but I can tell that there's a sound. And I can probably tell. Oh, that's a person moving. Uh, I could tell when they're going beneath, and I just have really good. I like. I know that map that point very well so i really enjoy that defense okay it also is pretty good at the end i really like the defense the middle section of any hybrid is gonna be sucky to defend anyway but the defense of the last point on the bunny is really fun you can get some big bombs as dv you can get some great shatters you know uh, actually um while we're at it let's do the flip side too what's your least favorite to defend paris really Paris first point. Second point is really stupid easy to defend. I'm going for specific points here. I, I, I haven't really thought about the whole map as much because I just saw the question today. But uh, first point, Paris is really annoying. It's just so annoying. So for defense for me, I don't know. I think I think my least favorite to defend is Junkertown. <laughs> Like oh, I forgot about Junker Town. <laughs> right. I forgot that was a map for a second. Yeah. Uh, that whole map sucks. Let's just put it at that. Yeah. <laughs> for me. Yeah, Junker Town is the worst to defend on for me. Um, it's so rare for me to get a full hold on that map. Like I almost always like you. Every game, I feel like I maybe I'll be lucky to stop them in the third. You know what I mean? Maybe I've, I'll be lucky. I've had some luck on the map recently. All right. To be fair, like the last comp match I had, I actually just told people, like, we can wait on a bridge and jump on them. And that's what happened. And we were able to knock them off. 
and they couldn't use the Bastion BS. My favorite first point hold um, defense, and probably second as well, actually, is Hanamura. Um, I think Hanamura is one of those maps that uh, if you don't get your shit together really quickly, that four minutes get, goes hella fast like when you're trying to take that first point or five minutes whatever it is um like it's uh i don't know there's like so much um and it almost always comes down to like the last 30 seconds but like i feel like you can hold that so good until there's like some apocalypse and it's like can you survive the apocalypse if you can that's a first point hold um it's, hard it's funny that you mentioned that one because that was another one that i was thinking about yeah first point yeah it's a fun one i like that a lot what about i used to hate it but i like it now what about your favorite uh map to attack on i think it has to be king's row just because like king's row i mean what else do i have to say it's fucking king's row you can have fun as reinhardt on that map you can have fun as a main tank on king's row where else can you have fun as a main tank nowhere else it is undoubtedly one of the one of the most perfect maps i think that overwatch has because even defending king's row isn't that bad (laughs) that's like king's row i was thinking about putting it on the defense too honestly yeah, I I, I, but I I want to give another map a chance. <laughs> I tend to agree with the with the attack. Actually, I think King's Row is definitely one of my favorite attack maps. Uh, for it's sure. been fun for me, regardless of role. Like I mentioned, being main tank on it. Like I've played DPS on it. I played. I mean, the the pucks match I did with all the super fans. I was asked to play DPS on, it, and I played Sombra, and I had a blast. Like I, I hardly ever play DPS, and I still had a blast on the map. So it's just like no matter what you play, as long as you're do, you're doing your job. And what's your least favorite map to attack on? Other than Junker Town, uh... I think mine is the opposite of my defense. It's, it's Hanamura. <laughs> I fucking hate attacking on Hanamura so much. I just feel like even if you can get past that initial point A, point B, if you don't steamroll it, it's just so hard to put together a, a valiant challenge that just kind of like because you basically have to. And they've changed this a little bit with the spawn times and everything, but you basically have to team wipe to to take the point which is not impossible but it's hard or you stagger them like to the point where they don't last more than two seconds on the point but i i hate attacking on him i think i'm actually going to say and this is specifically again a point specific is the last part of gibraltar okay fuck that place fuck the end of that map i love the first few sections the last section i dislike the first section I don't mind the second or third. I dislike the first a lot. Third one, again, and this is actually where Outlaws lost the match yesterday, is on that last part of Gibraltar. Like, people just come out of spawn and they, like, pull Bastion and murder you. Yeah. At the last second. That's true. That hill is really tough to get up. Like, they, like it, it, it also goes the other way where the defenders, like, if you get it fast enough, they just can't come out. But, like, it's, so, it's just so annoying and... <laughs> There's, like, places for the snipers to be, and, like, the enemy team can be everywhere and still survive, and you can be, like, everywhere or in one place, and you'll get murdered. That's just a fair point. All right. So those are our favorite maps to defend and attack on. What are yours? Drop them in the comments. We want to see them. I want to know. What do you love? Control what do you doesn't hate? count. Control, no control doesn't count. No, 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 no. No control. It has to be an attack or defending map, not just a take-a-point map. Payload, hybrid, or assaults. Yup. Alrighty. So, 
Moving in to the hero of the week. Uh, and the hero this time around is Symmetra. Uh, Symmetra is an Indian hero. And do you know her real name? Uh, Satya Yaswani or was Vas- it Yaswani? Vaswani. I always get mm-hmm. confused if it's a Y or a V because the name mm-hmm. tag on one of her skins kind of makes it look like a V. But anyway. mm. yeah. Satya I Vaswani. know it's Satya because I named a Mass Effect Andromeda character after her. And you, did you meet, you met Symmetra, didn't you? At Indy? Uh, I went to uh, her panel. I didn't meet her. Uh, oh, okay. Mads did. Mads actually got her pop final box signed. Nice. By uh, Symmetra, and I actually like went to. It was in the main hall, so it was really loud. But we, I went to. I asked her a question. There's a videotape of it. I asked her uh, what her favorite voice line to ever record at any game was, and I think she said she said something from Fallout 4. Yeah. Also, fun fact: uh, this is a line Symmetra's voice actor um, Anjali. She really wants to be allowed to add the voice line "dope." She wants she she can't convict Michael Chu to add it, but that's what she wants. She to wants to say just like, nope, dope. Oh, dope. <laughs> that <laughs> doesn't seem like that would fit Symmetra's character <laughs> that's a what whole she wants. lot. Like she's like, I wish I could I could have that, but yeah, that's the fun fact of the day, everybody. But into Symmetra now. <laughs> just Symmetra. What's fresh, homies? <laughs> no, that doesn't work. Dope. Okay. Um, alrighty, so. Samatra is from Ut- Utopia in India, which I think is I don't like a pretend place in India. I don't think it's a real place. Um, and she is voiced by Anjali Bimani, um, who's the person that you were talking about there with the meeting. Um, she has an affiliation to the Vishkar Corporation, which uh, is basically, um, they, they focus on this hard light for building, which is kind of her, her thing, her father's thing anyway. Um, so let's... It's let's- all from Aperture Science. Yeah, let's let's go a little bit into uh, Symmetra here then. So, okay, let's talk about, before we get into, like, basics and all that kind of shit, let's talk about um, stats and, uh, like, techniques and things like that. So, um, first of all, when is a good time to pull out Symmetra? There are two things that you really want to do as Symmetra. If you want to slow someone down, put turrets where they're going to go. Like if there's some flanker or somebody who's coming to specific group, put some turrets. A, it will alert you to where they are because you'll see the turrets like go off in your HUD. B, it will slow them down. It might just kill them because if you have three turrets going on someone, they don't have much time. Yeah. <laughs> they do not have much time on this earth to survive. Secondly, shields. If you have some way to get close to the shields, like if you have a shield yourself and there's a big shield hero, you can drain those shields, get energy, and then just burn everything. Just Watch the world burn. She turns into a little mini Zarya uh, with her little beam weapon. Uh, if you hold like, it, for not a long even time. mini Zarya. She's like, it melts. It does melt for <laughs> sure. It's terrifying. It's like you <laughs> added a fucking lightsaber. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So Symmetra is kind of what we would call a niche hero. Um, she doesn't fit into every composition. She has specific things that she's really good at, um, and most of that is defense based not always though they, they people have used her on attack mainly for her teleporter the teleporter uh, recently so let's talk about her abilities um first of all the photon projector that's her primary fire weapon it's a beam type weapon uh the damage it does is either either and this is you know the ramp up here either 65 or 130 or 195 
per second, depending on how ramped up it is. Uh, the max range is 12 meters. It has 70 ammo. Ammo usage is 7 per second, or plus 7 per second gained against barriers. And reload time is 1.35 seconds. Um, so, uh, it does level up, basically. If you keep it focused on a shield for 1.33 seconds, it will jump from 65 to 130 damage. And if you keep it on there for a little bit longer, it will jump from 130 to 195 damage. Um, which is... Pretty fucking harsh, uh, I would say. That's that's and it doesn't dissipate right away when you let go of the trigger. This mm -hmm. is a lot of people. A lot of the, a lot of times people make this mistake where they're like, if I let go of the trigger, I'm going to lose energy. No, it, it stays for a bit. <laughs> right. Um, so that's her gun is kind of cool too. It's like a claw. It's like she puts her hand in something and it turns a claw, into a because claw. It has the alternate fire, which mm. you didn't mention yet. Mm, of the, the balls. Yep. The photon projector secondary fire is in fact balls. Uh, they explode <laughs> on impact. Uh, the direct hit uh, at full charge is 120 uh, hit points and splash damage is 15 to 60 on a full charge. Projectile speed is 25 meters per second. Area of effect 2 meters radius. Rate of fire 9 rounds per second while charging uh, or 0.55 second recovery for a full charge and ammo is 70 as we mentioned before ammo usage 2 to 10 rounds based on charge time and reload time is 1.35 seconds uh, I like her her shooty gun uh, the beam is fine the beam is good for like up close but the shooty gun is really underrated like if you can hit, like it's hard to hit a shot because of just how kind of slowly it travels towards them but if you can nail it dude you can kill a lot of things in one fucking shot with that gun like if you hit it mm. just the right way especially if they're getting turreted down or whatever your thoughts on on that weapon on the secondary fire oh it's so freaking sneaky and there's sometimes where you'll be like oh yeah that's not gonna hit me and then something distracts you and you back up into it or something mm. like it's so freaking sneaky i like the fact you can choose whether you want to fully charge it or just like pop off a lot of small ones as well sometimes i'll just pepper the place with tiny little ones and they're like they're like if two or three of those hit you they're just as good as the big ones <laughs> it's, and they're way harder to dodge so that's a fun one all right so we like our weapon the photon projector it's cool uh, one of her, the biggest reasons why anyone ever picks Symmetra, of course, is her sentry turrets. Um, so they are projectile based um, before deployment and then they turn into a beam uh, weapon once they are deployed. Uh, health is 30. Uh, used to be 5. Used to be 5. Um, it was like you had 6 of them, death. but they were 5. Now it's 3 of them and they have 30. Damage is 50 per second. No joke. Like we said, if there's 3 of those turrets on you, that's 150 damage per second you're taking. Um, that'll kill a tracer in like a second and a half. Uh, movement speed it makes you 20% slower than you normally would be when you're being um, when you're attached to one of those beams uh, projectile speed is 15 meters per second max I think range the slowness stacks too so if there's three turrets mm, it's like 60 percent right. yeah uh, I wonder if it says that actually because like if someone who gets hit by three they like don't move yeah they're just like uh, it's right, almost so... like they're being frozen uh ammo three stored it says i don't know what that means i guess max three you're allowed that three means you can them. have three at a time right uh you casting time 0.5 seconds with the animation uh and then cooldown 10 seconds per charge um so turrets are projectiles until they hit a wall at which point they will deploy while in the air they cannot attack but can still be destroyed um and they cannot be deflected by genji or absorbed by diva which is interesting because they're projectiles right diva is not all powerful i thought she should be able to eat those I think that's fair. If you can, if, if Diva can eat dynamite from Ash, she can eat a fucking turret. Anyway, uh, teleporter. Uh, the other big reason why people uh, love Symmetra. 
Now, this has gone through quite some iterations over the years. Used to be that you could just teleport <laughs> directly from your fucking spawn to the it point. It used to be the alt. Uh, right? It used to be her alt. She was dope. Well, yeah, it was either that or it was the um, the shield. No, at first she only had the teleporter, and then oh. she had the sh the teleporter or the shield generator, and then they just made it an ability. Yeah, and it would no longer make it because it used to be it was from spawn. Like you just place one teleporter, and the other teleporter would be in spawn automatically. Yeah, yeah. But now you actually are placing like the one teleporter deploys at your feet, and the other one deploys where you're aiming it. Do you remember how annoying that was? <laughs> When, like, the whole enemy team would suddenly come out of this teleport on point that you just killed them all. Yep. Just, like, and imagine you pair that with a Mercy, you used to be able to res everybody. Mm, yeah. Good you, times. You, could, you could have a Mercy full res the team. They die, and then they come back, like, five seconds later. All right. So, <laughs> so bad. her teleporter has a health of 50 and 250 in shields. Uh, Healing-wise, it regenerates 30 shields per second after avoiding damage for three seconds. Uh, max as it heals itself, by the way. Max range, 25 meters. Area of effect, 1.5 meters. Interact range. Uh, casting time, 0.8 seconds. 2 seconds deployment. Duration, 10 seconds. Cooldown, 12. Uh, so it does require players to use an interactive key to use the teleport. Um, so usually that's bound to, um, you know... I guess on uh, on PlayStation, it's L3. I don't know what it is on... Uh, F. F, there you go. F. F to play, pay respects. F in chat and for teleporter. teleporter. Uh, and there are certain things which can be teleported automatically <laughs> without you having to do that, such as turrets and diva bombs. Um, Side note about press F is that on Busan with the karaoke, if it's default, press F to karaoke. Really? That's what it is. Sorry. That's a side note. Sorry to distract you all. <laughs> You're fine. Back to your regular scheduled programming. So, yeah, teleporter can be used in conjunction with other um, heroes' uh, specials and abilities. Uh, most notably is you the... You can throw a mech through it. The mecha bomb, yeah, that goes through there. I've tried a couple things that did not succeed before now, just for experimentation's sake. Um, I was trying to think... I did one the other day. I, like, I had some ult, and I really can't remember what it was. I think it was May's ult. And I threw it into the teleporter to see if like it would go through and it didn't <laughs> so i was disappointed just the whole uh, round of the teleporter got iced instead but i was like that should go through surely you know like i don't know anyway not everything will go through some stuff will go through uh, tur uh turrets like her turrets will her and turrets, you can actually but also place the turrets. turrets this is something that people do to be extra i've done it before and it feels freaking amazing when you do it you can put all three turrets on the ground like in the same spot put a teleporter and it just instantly teleports and then you have three turrets like instantly shooting the enemy team yeah. and it usually takes them a couple seconds to figure out what it is i've definitely done that before it's it's super op that actually um i i enjoy doing that very much i usually do it the other way around i should do it that way that's the best way to do it i usually like have the teleporter up and then i'll fire the, te the turrets at the teleporter oh, if you that's put the turrets down first do they immediately start shooting good call it's it's call. ridiculous tips with Tigrado. Uh, and her ultimate ability is Photon Barrier. Uh, Photon Barrier has a health of 5,000, which I didn't even know it could be destroyed, frankly. That's that's interesting to me. I oh, wonder... I've made it fizzle. I wonder I've if you could, like... I've never actually seen it get destroyed. I actually, as Symmetra myself, was draining it the whole time, and it started fizzling. I wonder if you could like... And it has to combo... have health, because... That's how EMP works. This EMP doesn't actually just destroy. It actually destroys barriers. It does damage to the barriers. Right. I'm just, just trying to think if there's a single like combination of ults you could do that would take it down. 
I can't think of like I was thinking I don't like think it would be worth Matrix it. and yeah, I think you're right. It would not be a fair trade. Just but work. I've actually made it fizzle as Symmetra. Like there obviously were other things hitting that barrier because right. Symmetra alone can't drain it. But I was like charging my laser off it the whole time because the enemy team wasn't on the point yet. But I was like, if they come on point, I'm gonna be charged up, bitches. <laughs> you just wait <laughs> and it started fizzling like i actually saw like it started like doing all this weird staticky shit that's cool yeah i haven't i haven't ever seen that that's awesome uh max range 25 meters uh area of effect literally infinite uh it covers the entire map or lengthwise when they said that i thought they were joking i thought there's no way that nope when as soon as it came out you could yep sure as shit it'll get you in spawn uh and then duration 15 seconds charge required 1500 points so <clears throat> symmetra also, fun fact: if you use a colorblind mode, it gets fucked up. Like it, it your your friendly one will look like an enemy one. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. I know because I use colorblind modes, not because I'm colorblind, but because I want to be able to see the kill feed better. <laughs> uh, barrier has infinite range. It is passively generates one percent ult charge per three seconds. The ability ends when it takes five thousand damage, or the duration ends, whichever happens first. Can be placed from anywhere, including spawn, since it covers the entire map. Orientation can be changed by pressing the ultimate key again, like Maze Ice Wall, which is a pro tip for those of you who didn't know that. You can change it. Either way. You can do that with uh, Baptiste Salt as well. I did not know that. Wow. Just learned that. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, so, it's interesting. Console differences. Unknown. Assumed turret damage is reduced by 30%. Hmm. I wonder if that's true. I don't know. There's There are a few things that are slightly different on PC, like actual stat-wise. Like, I think Farah has a slight difference. Interesting. But that's mostly because of control scheme stuff. Mm, okay. Like, um, they have to account for things that you can do. So, anyway. before we get into, like, the, the fun nuts and bolts of Symmetra, let's talk a little bit about her story. Because she's not got a whole lot of lore. There's a little bit that sneaks out in there once in a while. Um, so, here we go. Symmetra literally bends reality. By manipulating hard light constructs, she crafts the world as she wishes it to be, in hopes of engineering a perfect society. Symmetra believes her actions serve the greater good in society, though there are times when she wonders whether the control and order she desires are truly best for humanity. Symmetra is on the autism spectrum. She has demonstrated traits associated with the conditions such as having trouble with social interactions, suffering from sensory overload, and preferring environments that are structured and harmonious. While Symmetra does not hesitate to carry out missions of dubious morality for her company, such as digging up blackmail material to sabotage competitors, she dislikes killing and only resorts to lethal force if she has to. Fucking could have fooled me. Uh, <laughs> so that's a little bit about that. Uh, anyway, so her background, uh, Satya Faswani grew up in uh, Hyderabad, India. By her relocation, it was not a pleasant um, environment to grow up in. Uh, following the Omnic crisis, the Vishkar Corporation of Southern India began the laborious process of creating new self-sustaining cities to house the nation's displaced population, such uh, as Utopia, which was created using radical hard light technology that enabled its archetypes to uh, shape the city's streets, utilities, and living spaces in the blink of an eye. After she was identified as one of the few capable of becoming a light-bending architect, side story coming up, she's going to be Cora, the uh, was it airbender or whatever, um, Vaswana has plucked from extreme poverty and placed in the care of Vishkar's Architect Academy, never to return home. Isolated and lonely in her new life, Vaswani immersed herself in her education and training. She quickly grasped the applications of the technology and was one of the top students in her class. Vaswani approached the hard light manipulation differently than her peers 
figures, with their more procedural mechanical constructions instead weaving her constructs in the motions of the traditional dance of her homeland. Though she was one of Utopia's top architects, the Vishkar Corporation saw far greater potential in Vaswani's abilities, giving her the moniker Symmetra. Vishkar sent her on clandestine missions around the world to uphold its corporate interests and expand its influence into other countries. So, that's Symmetra, her little... Uh, in a nutshell, I really think she's story. a very interesting character, and I really love that bit of story where she actually incorporates traditional dance moves into her construction. Mm. Because you'd think all the others, it's like, it's, it's something like it out of an anime, honestly, where all the other people were like, we have to do it this procedural way, and then the one, char one character's just like, oh, la 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 la, I'm gonna do this, like, this dance and do it, like, all pro, and everyone's just like, how the fuck? But yeah, I love that. I love her character. She's got this kind of moral ambiguity, but almost as if she's fighting with it. Like she's figuring, starting to figure out. I actually do think she will kind of see things opposite eventually. I think there is a lot of story between her and Lucio that needs to well, be Well, yeah, told. because Lucio's father used to actually work for Vishkar. And that's yeah. why Lucio stole the technology. Like they say, I think he says like his, bro his father got tricked into doing something or whatever. Hmm. So he stole the sound technology, like the healing and all that stuff back as it were and Symmetra like that's why they have the interactions like you need to give back what you stole and it's like oh you need to ask your people where it came from yeah. in the first place so I, I'm with you I think that she definitely has some good in her I think she wants there to be good but I think that it's very difficult um for her to do that because uh she just has, has been grown up around this kind of you know hard light architecture um, where she was coerced into doing all Her these kind of shady been things. Challenged enough yet. Yeah. How old is she? Let's do guess Symmetra's age. Because it's been a really fun game so far. What do you think? 31. Mm, younger. 27. 28. Oh, I was yeah, close. 28. I actually wasn't as far off as I have been in the past. She's probably making a lot of money for a 28 year old as well. I mean, being in the head of the corporation and all that kind of shit. I know about making lots of money at a young age. Yay. For money. <laughs> All right. Here's some trivia, folks. Uh, Chris Metzen has hinted at Symmetra possessing ulterior motivations. According to Michael Chu, Symmetra is not an evil character in the same vein as Reaper or Widowmaker, though her actions could lead individuals within the setting to view her as a villain. A magazine image of Symmetra could be found in an outhouse on Route 66. The image was removed in a later patch. Symmetra is an amputee, missing her left arm. It is unknown how... There's so many amputees in Overwatch. <laughs> I really? Didn't, I didn't even know that was missing. Yeah. It's unknown really? how or when yes. she lost it, and whether or not her glove is a permanent prosthetic replacement or simply a glove. Like, because on some skins, like, you can see that, like, on the Vishkar skin, you can see her fingertips in that... That's I thought it was just a glove. Her left hand. No, it's actually a robot. Apparently. No, but like in in some skins, it actually is like an arm. So I guess maybe it was just a replacement. I don't know if she would have gotten an accident. Maybe she was just like, hey, let's let me do my job better. Like, I feel like that's something Symmetra would do. There's an awful lot of people in Overwatch that have had limbs blown off and replaced with like Torbjorn, McCree, like Junkrat. There's like just so many. Here's amputees. the thing: in that so one weird. comic, in that one comic, she's actually basically in the Vishkar skin, and that like that like she has fingers in that. So maybe that was I'm pre-amputation. Maybe I don't know. But she goes like into her other outfit during that comic. 
I don't know, man. I'm just telling you the <laughs> the official. Does she just like alakazam her arm away and be like, okay, prosthetic? Well, I don't know. And she then can... it comes back. I don't know. She's that's quite like... literally bending reality to her will. I don't know what that's about because I. <laughs> I'll have to look at that comic again because maybe like the arm is different for that comic. Maybe. But honestly, the Vishkar skin, like you can see her fingertips. Uh, as of September 2016, Symmetra was the least played hero in Overwatch. Uh, prior to her June 2018 rework in patch 1.25, <coughs> Symmetra was the only hero to have a choice between two ultimates, teleporter or shield generator. We discussed that a little earlier. Symmetra can place sentry turrets on a basketball in the spawn room and then carry said ball out onto the field using her photon projector. However, the turrets will be destroyed if they make it contact with any walls, floors, anymore. or objects. That, that would be amazing. I don't know if she can carry balls with the photon projector anymore because it was one it was the previous one that did the auto lock yeah, you're right you're right so i think that might be old trivia might be dead uh a vampire symmetra keep the deadly figure was made available during the halloween terror 2018 event i also don't think she can put the turrets on anymore i think they took that away too i know that uh arisa can still put her shield on those so maybe yeah, because that doesn't damage people. <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay, voice lines. Moving into voice lines. What are some of your favorite voice lines for Symmetra? And you know the rules. Okay, so I have a favorite combo of mine of hers, which is just is a complete mindfuck, is am I supposed to be impressed? Impressive. <laughs> it just, like, people stare at you like... <laughs> what that's, that's and funny. then of course uh i i can't think of a lot of other ones right now but there's one that stands out just setting up the car wash oh yeah 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 that's a good one or I'm... um what's another one there's one more it's like i forgot it it was in my head i'll see if i can remember it so uh one of my favorites is uh kind of a it's a homage if you will to portal which is when she goes the treat is a lie which is a good one. I like that one. Uh, I also like the um, how unsightly. Just very. I almost wish Moira had that voice line. I think she could give that the sass that it deserves. Um, and also the ever passive aggressive. I have taken your opinion under advisement. That was the one I was thinking about. That was it. That was the one I was thinking about. There you go. I have taken your opinion under advisement. <laughs> I do like that a lot. All right, what what do we know about her skins? What best? What are her best skins? Let's talk about that. Vishkar. Describe Vishkar to me. It's the one that, uh, like, she's in the outfit and it actually has her name tag on it. She's in the um, uniform for what's it called? For work. Vishkar Corporation. Mm -hmm. Literally, the name of the skin is the corporation. How did I not remember that? Uh, it's the white and purple one. I think the other one's Architect. I don't like the colors in that one so much. And yeah, you can see your fingertips in that one. Look closely, everybody. Uh, and then the other one that I really like is Oasis. And that's the one where she has like the helmet. And at first, I didn't like it because of the helmet. But if you look at the My Reality highlight intro with that helmet on it looks so epic of just like the face thing and it, the teleport is like this beautiful lotus thing and it's just like that skin is <clears throat> awesome i actually have quite a few that i like from uh symmetra i don't play her that much but i really do like uh, i think the vampire skin's good i like that one um i, I think the dragon skin is better 
That's the one where she has the full, the one that um, she attacks you with in Junkenstein's Revenge, where she has the full-on like the sorceress headdress thingy and everything. Yeah, or not the sorceress, um, the summoner. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the the summoner skin. It's technically it's called dragon skin, but um, yeah. When I think her gun has a dragon skin. eye. On that also, one well. the uh, magician is really good. That was a really good one. I think I think everyone wanted Genji to be the magician, but for some reason Symmetra ended up there. And last but not least, the figure skater. That was uh, her um, summer game. Also pretty. I good. like that. I thought that was a really cool one. It suits her very well. I don't so think it was summer games. I think it was winter. Wonderland. Oh, it might have been. It might have been. Yeah, winter Wonderland. Right. They don't have a winter games one, which disappoints me. But not yet. Anyway, maybe maybe in the future. Alrighty. So let's talk about. Um, and we've already talked about her her best uses a little bit, which is what we normally talk about here, which is basically like she is she's very powerful in defense for shutting down um, entry points, I think is her kind mm -hmm. of main thing. Um, and for just being kind of like just seed, just like sowing seeds of chaos into a fight. You know what I mean? Because if Symmetra's on the point she and she's puts alive. She pressure on main tanks, yeah. basically. Like if, she, if she has any large object, even without a shield, that she can charge up on, like she's going to put pressure on your team to do something. She can carry a fight. She puts by you herself. on the clock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she can carry a fight by herself. If she has three turrets on uh, point somewhere that you can't reach, and she is attacking you with that laser beam that's getting more powerful every second she has it over your lifeless body, then uh, you're fucked. Like there's no like you she's, have to take her out fast. She's almost a bit if you think about it like Moira in a way because Moira is another one of those characters where you start attacking like I have put you on a clock now. You have to respond. Yeah, and it usually it makes people panic. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like, ooh. Uh, and then what tweaks? What tweaks would you make to Symmetra to make her maybe more uh, meta proof or make her viable in, in more situations? Hmm. It's tough. See, it? I don't have a problem with her secondary fire. I don't know if I'd really change anything because I think she's in a place where people will actually use her to great effect in those niche situations. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do is extend her teleporter any further than it already can go i don't know i think that would be i would terrible. maybe make the some things more consistent about the teleporter like you said throwing you should be able to throw the mail through it i don't know why that's not a thing yeah so maybe do things like that and again as a balanced thing let diva eat the fucking turrets yeah <laughs> projectiles i mean that. yeah because that that could really like help out there's so many times when like you just get three fucking turrets thrown at point and like if you had if you were diva and you had the ability to chew those up on the way in i mean you could shoot them but you know being diva and just swallowing them up i think you know would be would be easier it's funny how like uh, for tweaks to her we're talking about how to make other people more effective against her which <laughs> i guess goes to show she's in a she's not in a bad spot at all like there are players that can play symmetra at a low level and carry the shit out of every like, single game that they're in basically it's just quality of life mm. things that's the yeah. only thing that would change. And she's even used very infrequently, but she's actually been used in Overwatch League to effect. Yeah, yeah. Like, seriously? Mostly just yeah. for, like, one point. <laughs> but still. First like, point horizon. If there's a character that sometimes at least gets used, like, it's consideration to possibly use. Yeah. That's usually a good sign that they're in a decent place. I think tweaks to balance are right. I think her teleporter could probably do with a little less shield. I think it should be easier to kill than it is. The idea, I think, is that you set it up and get out of there fast. I think those things take quite a bit of 
hacking away at them to get them down because they regenerate, you know? So it's like you have to consistently, like, pile into it to, 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 to get I feel like it. if you're in a position where you're able to shoot it, though, it's either somewhere where it's off the point and you really shouldn't be attacking it anyway because you're going away from your team, or it's in the middle of your team and you all can destroy it really quickly anyway. That's fair. So that's my counterpoint. That's fair. Uh, what about the gun? The fact that she has to, like, hold it to charge it. I wish there was almost, like... I would almost be more happy... If instead of the hold to charge, like there was a a stagnant amount of power that it put out, but it but it was like a direct like you're shooting it like you're not like like boom like it was just like it could still be yeah, a projectile. Yeah, that would be nice if it like had. But you know, like somewhere, maybe not the full charge. If it had like seventy five percent of the charge, but that was what it fired all the time, and it just had a constant fire rate. That would be nice. Right. I do like having the option. But I feel like because I have to charge it, like I don't want to use it because I have to use an extra brain cell to <laughs> figure out how long should I charge this thing for. That's true. That's true. Alrighty. So that that's Symmetra. Uh, and she's she's really a very interesting hero. She doesn't get utilized as much as uh, most people would like um, in pro play. Unless you're but in she's, bold. Um, she is uh, she's she's a hell of a character and i really like the fact that um it's representative of the autistic um community as well uh on there uh, having someone on the autism spectrum is kind of i mean overwatch is super like into that anyway but it, it's just cool that they did it you know what i mean just cool that they did it and the thing is it's also not a defining trait it's not like here's symmetra She's the autistic character. It's like, if you didn't know, because nobody told you, you wouldn't know she was autistic. You know she's kind of weird in social interactions and things like that, but you wouldn't actually know that she has autism unless someone told you, right? I wouldn't have known at all. I, I would have thought she was just kind of a bitch to everybody <laughs> for no reason, you know? But um, but yeah, I think that's really cool that they that they do that. That was actually one of the questions I really wanted to ask Anjali Bamani uh, about, but we never got that interview, unfortunately. So, um, But yeah, so... All in all, good character, not particularly a prime pick, but definitely niche and works very well on certain points. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Cool. Um, and that's it. That's Symmetra. That's Hero Recall, Episode 7. That's all of it. So um, today we talked about Overwatch 2, Korea getting really, really nasty with the ban hammer on uh, boosters uh, yesterday, which was just a clusterfuck of people winning that weren't supposed to win. Cruz getting mad about that. Uh, fact trading cards madrizzle one come get me boys i got all these trade and then um fusion you going over to korea fisher considering retirement uh, our favorite maps to attack and defend on and finally symmetra uh how was the, how was this episode for you did you have a fun time i keep i keep just let's just like your little wrecking ball that yep. that's how I like showing him off. I bought too many pop vinyls at Indie PopCon. Oh yeah, but let's not go into that. <laughs> I got Punk Tracer. Well, thank you for mine. He said you bought me uh, Constantine, which is one of my favorite people ever. So I really appreciate that. Um, as far as Overwatch ones, I'll just quickly go over. It. I got Punk Tracer. I got Wrecking Ball as a gift. That was Matthew. I got Brigida and Farah. Is that the first time you've got Brigida? Yes. Cool. Have. I haven't bought any in a while. I just went into Indie Popcorn like the only thing I'm going to buy and bring home is Pop Finals. I'm kind of weird. Although with... I did buy this hat. <laughs> I like I have to like really like something to buy a pop of it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I only have I have three pop vinyls, four pop vinyls. The one you bought me, which is the Constantine. I bought the um, Cultist Zen because 
fucking cultist scent. Uh, and I bought Moira uh, when she came out just because she hadn't had a pop for like fucking years. Um, and then I I got given a Doc Doc uh, fuck what is it Doc Brown from Back to the Future Christopher Lloyd's guy. I don't know. I was in like some weird loot crate or something anyway. Um, but yeah, pops are pops are fun. Alrighty, so um, that's episode seven. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as usual, you can hit us up on Twitter at at Hero Recall OW, OW for Overwatch, obviously. Please do hit us up, join us, support us. We're trying to push this whole thing off of the ground and gather all of our lovely fans into one place. Um, whether you are a casual Overwatch fan, a cosplay fan, whether you're an Overwatch League fan, a Contenders fan, a Hero fan, whatever, come join us. Uh, because the world could always use more heroes like you. Bye.